Hello everyone, I'm Ashley Bullington and he is Dave Carpenter and this is Pitches and Pearls. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but things are going a little crazy right now. Hi David, how are you doing? Hi Ashley, <laughs> I'm good. It was called social distancing and we were trying to practice it even on the podcast. I mean, we were just, we were doing our best to make sure that you're all social distancing and that we're social distancing as well, even if that means from each other. No, I'm kidding. Um, just things have been a little hectic lately. I launched a new show at work that just took a lot of time to do and David's trying to make up for some time at home, right? You better believe it as much as I possibly can. Uh, say that little boy of David's is cute, ladies and gents. Real cute. Yeah, he's a little, little chip off the old block for the most part, but he's uh, he's actually a lot more like my dad than he is anybody else. So <laughs> it's kind of like dealing with a mini version of him. So it's he's a lot of fun, though. So we're going to kick it off with a question today. David, what's something that you've done that you wouldn't normally do if you were not social distancing? Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, just not really getting to interact and, uh, you know, just be around people. Like, it's really, really tough for me, you know, just as simple as going to Walmart and, you know, getting to see, you know, people that I know and not getting to go up and, you know, shake their hand or give them a hug or something like that. So that actual, um, you know, disconnect from getting to see people and, you know, interact with them, you know, with with any type of physical you know, hug or something like that has really been something that's stood out to me because, you know, I'm, you know, I like to think I'm a fairly affectionate person, as you know, and uh, to have to kind of really keep your distance from people and, and worry about their health as, long, as well as yours has definitely taken a, uh, a toll, you know, within that area. So for what me... What about you, Ashley? I started door dashing. I'm a dasher. Um, I decided that my, so my dad, my brother and I are all door dashing to make extra money. Um, and it was a reason to get out of the house. So needless to say a couple of times when I've been like really frustrated and needed to get out of the house, I've decided to go door dash to make more money. <laughs> um, but that is something that I would have never done if I haven't been social distancing at home. And I will also straight up tell you, besides you and a couple of other select people, I have not done, I'm like, I've realized the older I get, I'm an extroverted introvert. I didn't know that was a thing, but I am totally an extroverted introvert. Like I really don't talk to a bunch of people. Like I talk to you, but I really don't talk mm -hmm. to a bunch of people. I haven't done one Zoom call one FaceTime call, nothing like that. My friends are like, is Ashley alive over there? I have, besides working on my like actual work, I've kind of like disconnected from everything, um, which I wouldn't normally do. I normally try to like stay on top of trends and all that kind of stuff just, just for work thing, for purposes. But I've just found it really interesting that with all this going on, I've found out that I could totally work from home and be completely okay. I, uh, it, I'm actually liking door dashing, which is kind of funny because I never thought that'd be something I enjoy. And I have, um, I'm that friend that you can talk to at any point in time. You might not have talked to them for six months or a year or 10 years or however long it is. And you can just pick up with me and it's all good. Like you've talked yesterday. <laughs> 
that's been my little uh, social distancing adventure, though. Okay. Well, I have a bone to pick with your DoorDash because I just figured this out the other day. Do you have DoorDash? Um, We don't. That's a problem. We don't have DoorDash. Eats. Um, what's the other one? Uh, help me out with this. Was it DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub? We don't have Grubhub. What? Like it's one of the yeah. Trust me. Like baffled by this. You know, because some of my favorite restaurants within the area. You know, um, you know, some of them are fifteen twenty minutes away. If I'm wanting to try and do some things here at the house, it'd be nice to get a hold of Grubhub or somebody like that and have it delivered. But no, so y'all have nothing. They ha- no, like we have to go pick it up ourselves, That's which lame. you know, it seems very, very odd, especially in this uh, day and age. But I guess it just hasn't caught on very much here in in West Virginia. You know, hopefully we can get some people that are bored. I keep my comments wanna... to myself. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> but anyways, there's my bone to pick that we don't have that here, and hopefully we can get it sometime soon. Whenever I you know come back from the season once. That starts up whenever that's going to be. So what's funny, we won't stay on this topic forever, but what's funny is is I live in like a small town in Texas, and for the longest time, we never had anything. Like, And where I live, I can't even get the freaking pizza people like to bring me to bring me food. So I always have to go into town. Well, so my dad and I, when this whole thing started, we started talking, and my parents work, work in healthcare, and my mom owns a boutique, and both of them like are – their companies, because they both own them together, um, their companies were taking a big hit. So my dad and I, when this started, he was really nervous. He's like, you know, I need to figure out another way to make some extra money. And so we started talking and just, we were walking the dogs and we were talking and I was like, you know, why don't we see, I was like, I wonder if there's like a Uber Eats or something down here. And he was like, what is that? And we start, and I was like, it's, a, it's where they bring you food. I was like, and it's way better than actually ubering because you don't have to put anybody else in your car and he was like oh that's cool I like I didn't know that and I use like uber eats and doordash and uh favor and postmates and all that kind of stuff at work because I work in the city and I I'm one of those people like I'm hyper focused and if I leave I probably won't come back please don't tell my bosses that but I probably will not come back if I leave (laughs) so I like have to get things brought to me just because I don't want to break my focus and so I use it all the time so I was telling my dad my dad goes oh I think there's I think there's I think it's called DoorDash down here and so I was like, okay, cool. So we look it up and there's DoorDash. I was like, oh, okay. So I signed up to be a dasher and we were talking about it. And he was like, okay, I'll do it later. Well, we told my little brother about it. Not thinking that he would do it. He was like, oh, that." he was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I shit you not, David Carpenter. The day I get my DoorDash stuff, my brother calls me because I can't figure out how the app works. And I was like, I, okay, this is interesting. Like, I don't really understand how it works, but whatever. My brother calls me. He goes, hey, Ashley. He, I was like, yeah, what's up? He goes, you know, have you door dashed it all day? I go, how'd you not get my stuff? He goes, I just figured you finally got it. And uh, I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to use it, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you better get to Granberry. I've already made 40 bucks. I was like, that little <laughs> jerk. So then what what was funny about the whole thing was, though, is that Corbin and I signed up and then my dad went to go sign up and we and they told us that they, they t- said that they weren't taking any more people in our area. 
my dad was like that little like just just <laughs> letting my brother have it like laughing though and joking about it but it was just really funny and then they finally opened up some more spots so my dad got to go do it but I think my dad does it almost every night now to earn extra cash especially while this is all going on well it beats sitting at the house and it gives him something to do and oh yeah here's a question I have I know um with some of the uh, the pizza places, the Papa John's, Pizza Hut, all that kind of stuff. Whenever you order from them, you have the option for was the no contact or something like that. Yeah, you, you like leave it, it at their door. Is that one of the things that is yes? Required and I like that so much more. I don't like talking to people. <laughs> also, you don't be- like talking to people, but like you do a podcast. That makes but I do a podcast. Sense. I don't like talking to mm-hmm. random people. I like talking to people I know. So, like, I like that I can just leave it at their door and I don't have to be like, oh, hi, like, so nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's one of them. And then um, the other one that's kind of or like also people, if you're if you're going to order DoorDash or anything like that, which granted, like, we're not going to make this whole podcast about DoorDash. Sorry. Maybe we should get it sponsored by DoorDash. No, I'm kidding. Um It'd be nice. Yeah, come on, people. Uh, is that people, some people don't tip. Like, some people are great tippers. And I've noticed, like, when I do when I do those things, I'm a pretty good tipper. But some people, like, live out in BFE and do not tip. And, like, so it's, so granted, they get, like, a very small delivery fee. Like, it's two bucks for a delivery fee. And then they get, so what they're really making money off of is your tips. And some people just, like, won't tip. And then if something's screwed up, like, they expect you to go fix it. And you're like, wait, I just drove out here for $2. Like, no, I don't want to go fix this for you. Like, if you gave me a $10 tip, I would feel way more inclined to be nice. Granted, that sounded well, kind of bad. Don't me, forget but... the people's silverware, okay? The plasticware, all that stuff. Just don't forget it next time. So one time, I had this lady, and it, so I went to the establishment, and she ordered through the establishment. I will not call them out, though I want to because they're the worst. Anyways, so I went to the establishment, and I couldn't see what was in the order, and so. Um, I told them the name and they, they just gave it to me and I was like, okay, cool. Is everything in there? Like, and whatnot. Yeah. Everything's there. It's good to go. I was like, okay, I can't see what's in it. So I'm just making sure one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. So this, and I had two orders that I was taking. So I already had the sec. I had the one order and it was completely right. And then the one I got from them was another one and it was like two bucks, but it was only like a mile or two out of my way or something like that. So I went and did that one and then I drove 20 minutes out of like the city in this little like so Grimber where I live is kind of like set up into a bunch of little towns and one is called Acton and I drove all the way to Acton like BFE BFE and the lady I'm on my way back and I'm driving past this, I'm driving past all this stuff. I don't have very good reception. And the lady that, the first lady calls me, my order's wrong, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, okay. I was like, did you call the place? And she goes, yeah, I called them. They said that they, I needed to get a hold of you. So I called the manager and he's like, he goes, well, you know, I, I was like, she told me it was on me. I was like, this is not on me, dude. This is 100% on you. And, um, 
he's like getting chippy with me. And he's like, ma'am, could you just come back and help me out? I was like, for $2? No, definitely not for $2. Not worth it. So then he like talked me into it and I felt kind of bad for the guy and I try to be nice because I have to work with these people every day. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So I drove back. Nobody came to my car for 10 minutes and I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. So I call him again and I light him up. I'm like, you know what? Blah, 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 blah. How dare you? And I went on to my own merry business. But yeah. Anywho, so I think this brings up an interesting topic, though, um, that you're very well, like, that, you, that you're getting affected in and everyone else is. Um, so Texas just opened back up. Not opened back up, but, like, establishments are starting to allow people back into them. Um, but I find it really interesting that there's two different sides to it. The fact that you've got one side saying, I don't think that we should be opening back up. This is a serious, this is serious. Like we need to make sure that we're taking care of the people. But then you also have the other side of it where people aren't making money, but there's still, there's the government and companies are still coming out with their handout saying, you owe your electricity, you owe your taxes, you owe your, um, you owe you owe your utility bill you owe your car payment all these other things when you've got one side saying okay so so you've got these people who are like i have to make money i have to go back out and figure out a way to make money you have these people who are saying oh no like we should keep everything locked down i'm curious what your opinion is on that david honestly it's one of those things where it's double-edged sword you know, everybody wants to get out and get back to a somewhat normal setting. <clears throat> but at the same time, like this is a very serious deal, what we're having to go through. And, um, you know, from my standpoint, would I love to get back to normal? Absolutely. As quick as possible. But what everyone is saying, whether it be, you know, online or which you can only believe about half of what is even being said within the news um, it's one of those things where, you know, patience is very key, but like you just stated, you know, there are still bills that need to be paid and it's not like the stimulus checks are really going to be taking care of those for an extended period of time. So with that being said, um, you know, I saw where I believe it was the mayor of Las Vegas, uh, was making comments about trying to open up the city, reopen casinos, reopen hotels, uh, within the area to get tourism going back again and um i know there was someone that was asking her about well how do you plan on regulating who can go in a casino and uh, her comment was that's not my responsibility to you know police them on how they do things from a health standpoint she goes my job is to you know make it so that people can start doing their jobs again mm-hmm. uh, which which is a very interesting comment because you know, in order for these people to do the jobs, they do need to be healthy. So hopefully there's a way to accommodate both sides of this, being very healthy and careful of our, you know, you know, fellow man, yeah, you know, being in the same area as us. But at the same time, hopefully we can get back to being able to do our jobs, you know, on a daily basis and, and be very cautious about how we're doing it. What I find interesting about this whole thing is that 
even in New York City, where it's supposed New York City and in Washington, where it's supposedly the hub of this virus, that mm -hmm. nurses and doctors and ER workers are still being laid off and furloughed. Um, in Texas, nurses are being furloughed because there's complete and total floors of hospitals being shut down because of it. And what I find almost wrong to a certain degree is that we are putting it out there that this is an epidemic or this is a pandemic, um, not just an epidemic, it's a pandemic, um, and that the and that it's taking over the U.S. I keep seeing that it says, oh, it's a million, we have a million cases in the U.S. Well, no shit. We're huge. Like, we have hundreds of millions of people. Like, obviously, we're bigger than Italy. We're bigger than, uh, we're bigger than Spain. We're bigger than other countries. And we're going to have more cases just because we have more people. But, we're making it sound like we have all of these people and all these people are in the hospital and all these things when you have so many workers and so many people being laid off. And it just, it makes, it makes my, it saddens my heart almost a little bit to see how, you know, we're, I mean, this sounds a little callous too when I say it, but we're trying so hard to save the few that we are almost harming the many. Like, which sounds terrible well, when I say that because I don't I don't want somebody like my grandma or my mom or my da my dad or even myself like supposedly it, if you have any like underlying any 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 underlying conditions like it could be a problem I have heart condition but I'm also I also know that if I stop my life completely like I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills and I'm not gonna be able to help my family out with their bills and I'm not gonna be able to do just the day-to-day -day things that I need to do and, and able to function. And so I guess that's kind of where, like, I see it and I'm just like, okay, but also, like, we can say this is a pandemic and we can say all these things, but why are we letting go of all these nurses and doctors then from hospitals if that's the case? Well, that's an area that I am not able to comment on just because I don't know. Um, but I know a, a friend of mine who I actually got drafted with, um, who played in the Cardinals organization, made all the way to the big leagues, um, played a, a few years um, at the big league level, went back and went into the medical field and just, I believe, came, I can't remember if it's exactly this May, he's going to graduate a little bit early, uh, but he lives up in New York with his family, with his wife and two daughters, I believe it is. Um, and he is actually getting thrust into the whole COVID-19 ordeal of being a doctor now. And uh, like I talked to him probably about a week or so ago and just was super proud of him for the fact of, you know, after playing baseball, making it to the highest level. And now he's going and has made it to the, one of the highest levels of the medical field and is going in to really help a lot of these people. I was really, really proud of him and the adjustment he made within his life and to see him you know go on to to help people with this is really really cool so i just wanted to bring that up and and uh give him some props on that his name is mark hamilton so if you guys get a chance to look that up look up his story it's really really cool well on that note but yeah i mean 
I think that, and that's awesome. And you know what? It's great that he's like, and I think in New York, it's a little bit different because there's so many more cases, but also those people live on top of each other. Like genuinely, like it's really hard to get away from people in New York. Um, but like here in Texas, it stinks for the fact that, you know, uh, I read a story, uh, a friend of mine's wife got furloughed, but she had to turn a patient away who had a brain, who had a brain tumor that basically could kill him at any point in time. But because it wasn't so severe that they had to act right then and there and it was an emergency, like, because they, because it had needed to wait for it to do something. I don't remember what it was, but like they were, but they had to send him home instead of doing the surgery because of this whole COVID-19 thing. And to, to me, I feel like there has to be some better way to plan or there has to be some better plan of action to go with than just saying, hey, everything has to stop. I also find this to be a very interesting a very interesting view on like bioterrorism too, but that's a whole nother day and a whole nother topic and a whole nother show probably. Um, but it's just one of those things. Like how can you say, okay, you know what? We are not going to take this out of you. So whereas you're now having to sit there with a brain tumor that's affecting you every single day, instead of taking that out, we're going to wait until it is almost to the point where it's going to kill you and then we'll do it. No, and that's one of the tough things too. Like it's, you have hospitals, you have, you know, directors of hospitals trying to do what they feel is best for not only their staff, but for, you know, the organization itself. But it's, you know, people like that that are suffering and, you know, really it's a tough deal because uh, a, a friend of mine here, actually, his grandfather is going through some issues uh, over in Baltimore, another hot spot, um, and they had to postpone certain surgeries and, and stuff for him because it, at the time they weren't deemed, um, you know what the exact term is, but basically like a, a very important they weren't necessity. surgery. Necessity, thank you. And he's had to really sit there and been has been in a lot of pain to the point of he's close to passing. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, my friend's family can't go and see, you know, his grandfather. Uh, he was in the hospital by himself for a number of days. And, you know, it's, it was really sad what a lot of these people were having to go through uh, just because of, you know, some of the decisions that are having to be made within the medical field. Most definitely. I think the other sad thing is, is one day I was delivering and it was to a retirement community or a old folks community whatever it was um it was a senior living center um i had to deliver to a senior living center and it was so sad to see the fact that one the guy who ordered the beer from me couldn't come get it himself and two all of the families that were sitting outside of the senior living center in chairs having sitting on the phone with their significant other across a window from them there was a man and you could obviously tell that it was either his mother or his wife i just i couldn't see the other lady but he was an uh, older man as well um right 
and I just couldn't tell how much older, but he was an older man and he was having to sit there on the phone talking to this person across the window. And he was like, you could tell he was obviously emotional and that just like broke my heart to see that because as much as I get that it's running rampant in like elderly communities, there's got to be a certain amount of compassion that we can have for these people or that we could have for people in hospitals. I have a, I, I have a, f- a family that we're friends with. Their 16-year-old son was taken into the hospital and neither of his parents were told they were allowed to go in. He's not even of wow. age yet. He can't make decisions. He doesn't have – he barely has a license And now he's getting thrown into this whole situation and he didn't even have COVID-19. So they put him on the floor with COVID-19 patients, told him he was negative, took him off the floor, realized that they exposed him to it and then put him back on and told his parents he couldn't see them. Like... There's so many interesting, I mean, we'll get off this topic because we don't know all the day-to-day that goes into this, but first off, I'm going to tell everybody, take your vitamin C, take your melatonin at night. It'll help. I promise. Um, Coming from healthcare professionals, since my dad works in healthcare, I've been told to get that message out there. Take your vitamin C, ascorbic acid, and melatonin. Um, Anyways, but like with the whole working and all of that kind of stuff that like the one thing I find interesting about this whole thing because I understand wanting to make sure that we take care of our community my mom has asthma my brother has asthma my dad and I have heart issues my grandma my grandma is older um both my grandmas are older so it's just I don't want them to get it um and I talk to people every day when I'm when I'm doing things or going somewhere to like go to the grocery store or whatever And they all say the same thing. They know somebody that this could affect. But at the same time, like when, when everything was shut down. So today is May 1st. We're releasing this on May 1st. So today is May 1st. Texas just opened up today. So a couple of like a week and a half ago, mail was not being delivered to certain establishments if they knew that those establishments were not supposed to be open. So my mom got an electricity bill and a utility bill and didn't know she got them because the mail wasn't delivered. So the electricity company calls her and tells her, hey, you haven't paid your electricity bill. If you don't get it in today before 9 p.m., we are cutting your electricity off to your business. My mom was like, The mailman hasn't been coming. I didn't even get an electricity bill. Like, I didn't get an email. I didn't get anything. Like, how how am I supposed to know how much I owe and all that kind of stuff if you're not going to give me my bill? Well, ma'am, that's not our problem. That's yours. So, I guess I just see it from both sides. Like, from a business owner's perspective and from somebody who's making money, granted, my job hasn't been affected. I still work every day, nine to five. But from somebody who owns their own business and these small businesses and the backbone of America is small businesses, it really stinks to see how the how everyone around is is still, you know, they're saying, okay, no, you can't make any money, but we're still going to take money from you. We're still going to act like nothing's happening and you're still going to be expected to pay your bills even though you're not bringing any money in. 
And I guess that's kind of where my problem lies with the whole thing is like I see both sides of it, but I also like I see my mom and dad both trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. And that to me, like two people who work their butts off and are trying and have come and started something from nothing and really have built their built their brands, built their businesses and their businesses are suffering because of it. Like and on top of that, the whole small business loans and all of that stuff, like like they say everyone gets approved. Well, those large businesses that wanted the that wanted that money in the first place, those are the ones who got approved first. Roos Chris got twenty million dollars and and they brought in four hundred and eighty million last year. But Roos Chris got twenty million dollars. Um there's several other companies that got that got multiples of millions of dollars and there's no money left for these small businesses who these who these um, loans and these grants were made for. And I think we're doing we're doing it almost a disservice to say, hey, you have to stay closed, but we're also not going to tell you when we're going to be able to help with your loans. We're going to tell you to keep applying for them and to keep doing all these things, but we're not, it might be August until you get it and your business is already going to be closed down. You know, there've definitely been some uh, interesting things that have, you know, places that have been given money. Uh, I know the Kennedy Center in D.C. Was it D.C.? I believe yeah, it was. Pretty sure. Um, you know, the, the loan that they were able to give them didn't really make sense because, you know, don't really see how that has a major effect on um, the lives of people, you know, their day-to-day lives. I you know, don't quite understand that. You know, somebody's getting paid a lot more money than I do to understand why they're uh, being given the type of money they were given. But, but there's also 15, 20, I think it was 30 million saved for Congress to make sure that they, all of their paychecks still got paid. Like, I don't know, very interesting in my book. But what people are here for is to hear about the baseball. Is baseball coming back? Um... So, David, did you see the very interesting article, which is complete blasphemy, might I add to everybody, that the MILB season was canceled? There's been a lot of stuff that's been thrown out there. Um, Now, whether things are coming out there are completely true, that is unknown. Um, I know that there are 42 teams that were going to be basically, uh, I want to say, disbanded. no longer hold their affiliation within uh, professional ranks. Um, So that's going to be a big blow to those communities. Uh, So hopefully there's something that's able to be picked up from there um, within the next year or so to really help those communities out that are affected by that. Um, Because when you go to some of these minor league parks, um, that town or that city really gravitates to that ballpark you know, for 81 games. Most definitely. Or, excuse me, 81 games. It's about, roughly about 70 games being a 140-game like minor league season. Yes. So a lot of those ballparks really um, had that good hometown feel. And to see, you know, that type of action taken really kind of uh, is a punch in the gut to, Well, know, And they're the cash the, cow for, for they're the marketing, they're the, um, they're the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're the they're the what a lot of people in that in that city end up doing. If it's not concessions, it's security or whatever it is. And they're they're really the that's one of the money makers for the city. 
Right. And that's one of the tough things seeing, you know, something like this go on. Um, you know, as of right now, uh, they really haven't given us much of a timetable when baseball could be coming back. Um, I think best case scenario, uh, they're thinking we would be back in what is going to be considered spring training 2.0 sometime late May or June. Yeah, that's what I heard. And then possibly starting the season uh, late June to early July. So hopefully, you know, we're able to get that back, get that rolling the correct way, and, you know, just kind of go from there. And hopefully uh, as those uh, things start to come about and be more concrete, then they can start to really focus on, you know, the other aspects of the game, whether it be the minor league side, um, you know, to help take care of those types of guys or, you know, really kind of at least get the ball rolling so that we can have, you know, sports again. Because I know it's absolutely killing me. Um, and it's a question I get every single day if I see anybody that I know, when are you guys going to start back up? I keep telling them I wish I knew the exact day because I'm really looking forward to it. I think that's one of the – I think that's one of the things that makes this so hard for everyone is that there's so many unknowns that come with it. Like – the so we had a whole meeting the other day my job is surrounded by high school sports and to make sure that we're still bringing money in we had to come up with a whole idea of what do we do if there's no high school football in august or what do we do if the high school football season gets moved to january and gets moved to the to the spring season like how do we fill those shows to make sure that we still have dollars coming in so that the people that work for us still make money um so i think it's a really interesting conversation when it comes to the sports aspect of it i mean there's a lot of things that have been brought up in a lot of different things like it's not just baseball it's just it's not just professional sports or college in college sports like it's high school sports that they're trying to figure out okay do we just not have fans like do we just say hey you know what we know your kids playing but you can't come watch do we do it to where when all this is finally cleared up and whatnot, do we have people that do we do we just move everything back? Or I mean, our our state championships and everything for basketball for the twenty twenty season were completely canceled. So like all of those kids who were seniors and getting to go to the state championship, they don't get the opportunity to go try to win a state championship now. They just go to college. Um right. so I just think it's so like I think that's what makes this so hard for a lot of things, for a lot of people, is the fact that there are so many unknowns that they just, they don't know how to handle it. And I mean, we talked about this on the, on our last episode too, is like, how do you make sure that you let the unknowns not like get into your head and make sure that um, you're not letting the, the evil that comes with it, like affect you to the point where you start thinking so negatively that bad things happen. And I feel like, for a lot of people and I mean not just baseball players not just not just nurses and all that kind of stuff there's so many people that it's affecting and with not having sports which is a lot of people's um I want to say getaway which is a lot of people's getaway from reality like it's making this extra hard on people and granted I think a lot of America's doing a good job with the fact that they're going on walks and they're spending more time at the park and they're doing things with their kids that they wouldn't normally do but there's got to be a point where we have where we can say like enough's enough like let's just make this happen like let's do something um i did see something where 
baseball was going to stick to maybe just staying in Texas, Arizona, and Florida, though. That, that has been mentioned. That has been mentioned. It's, it's, um, there are so many ideas being thrown around, whether it be from the Players Association, from um, the actual teams, um, their executives, all that kind of stuff. There have been multiple things thrown around. There's even a new one that just got thrown out earlier this evening that I received where we might be doing spring training at our home ballparks instead of going back to Arizona uh, or Florida, which you know is going to be really tough depending on what the states are willing to do uh, as far as when they start to open up. I saw so, another one where they yeah. were planning on keeping you all in quarantine with each other or lockdown with each other and then having y'all like sit throughout the stands and all these other things, like just some like asinine ideas. Well, you got to look at it this way. At some point we need to start baseball back up again. And there have been certain guys that have made the mention of they would not play the season if their family couldn't be with them. Well, you know, sorry to say, I'm not going to stand with them on this. Like this country needs baseball. This country needs a distraction from what is going on. You know, they need to have something that draws their attention away from the daily grind. You know what sports actually this. coming back first before everyone else? You know what sports going to come back in the next couple, in like two you, weeks? It's UFC, I believe. Nope. Which one? NASCAR. Yeah, they do some social distancing. Uh, they They... They swap paint. I think they're a little closer than six feet apart, but it's, you know, that's all part of it. But, uh, you know, as far as with, with baseball, honestly, you know, getting that back uh, is going to be very important. So are there sacrifices we're going to have to make as players and as dads, brothers, sons, all that kind of stuff? Yes. There's going to have to be certain things we'll have to do. And it will stink, you know, being away from our families. But you know, this is also the life that we chose um, this is the job that we chose, so there are going to be some sacrifices that will have to be made, and hopefully we're able to, you know, get through that, get back to, you know, some sense of normalcy, and you know, enjoy, you know, what we do for a living, and hopefully it helps a lot of other people along the way too. But I don't think that you can ask somebody to stay away from their family all the time. Like, if I can understand if they're not allowed to go to like the game or whatnot, but I don't think you can ask somebody to stay away from their family for six months or for, I mean, I don't even think you can ask them to do it for, for three months. Like to me, that almost seems unrealistic. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if all the players think that, I mean, I think y'all just, I think in the grand scheme of things, a lot of y'all want to get paid and like, and, and get to play and whatnot and actually get to perform. But I think there's a certain amount of time or, I mean, but there's a certain amount that you, can't just ask y'all to stay away from your families forever like people have needs people have people have things like mom you can't expect somebody's wife or somebody's or some or somebody's significant other to take care of their kids their five kids like eric sogard can't expect their, his wife to take care of five kids by herself for six months out of the year agreed and that is part of it you know but it also comes down to the fact of you know, there will be sacrifices that have to be made. And if that's one of them you're willing to make as a baseball player, then, you know, more power to you. You know, hopefully, you know, 
if there is a, you know, if your wife or your significant other, if you do have kids, you know, she's able to have help. Um, because if that is asked of you, rather to keep them safe and be able to keep this industry going, you know, there's going to have to be certain things that are done that are out of the norm, which we've already experienced right now within society. There are a lot of social norms that we're having to, you know, put on hold just for the health of others. So I guess my next question would be, would they still allow games to be on television at that point in time because there's a ton of people that go into a tv crew every single baseball game has at least 50 people on a tv crew right and this would go back to the social distancing as far as you know the six feet apart all those types of things uh and if people were able to um you know contribute and do what they're supposed to do to make sure that everybody's safe I don't see where it would be a major issue. But again, like there's going to be some things out of the norm that we're going to have to deal with. Hey, what's the first thing you're going to do when this is over? First thing I'm going to do when this is over is hopefully be getting on a plane and going to spring training. So does that count? Is that good enough? Good enough answer for that? Yeah, that counts. That works. What about you, Ashley? The first thing thing I'm going to do. Let's hear it. I am going to plan either a vacation or I'm going to get on a plane and go meet you at spring training. (laughs) Perfect. Sounds good to me. David and I will be doing podcast from his couch. (laughs) For at least a week. Yeah, exactly. Six feet uh, apart, obviously. Obviously. I'll, I'll be in the other room. I'll just yell back and forth to you. I guess we'll have to still do it by phone. There we go. Well, but I anyways, think, I think that's a good spot to stop at, you know, to keep from boring the people that are actually still listening. And hopefully they <laughs> come back and join us for another one. We'll come up with a little yes. more different material on the next one. Thank you all for listening to Pitches and Pearls, another episode of Pitches and Pearls. We hope you come back for the next episode. We promise we will not talk COVID-19. We will talk other more fun things maybe we'll play mario kart maybe we'll do i don't know what we're gonna do but we will find something fun for you to listen to maybe we'll finally do our zoom party call that i want to do that david i've not talked him into yet maybe we'll do that uh but thank you for listening to pitches and pearls we'll see you next time